Hello, this is Daryl Castle with today's Castle Report. Today is Friday, January 24th, 2020. Today I will be talking about the rebellion of the people of the Commonwealth of Virginia to the new Democrat governor and the new legislature's actual and proposed anti-self-defense laws. The people of Virginia recently elected Democrat majorities in both houses of the legislature, plus they also elected Democrat Governor Ralph Northam. The Democrats promised to move for stricter gun regulations, including possible confiscation for noncompliance. And once in office, they attempted to fulfill their promises. Senate Bill 16 would impose five years imprisonment on otherwise law-abiding citizens who possess some of the most common firearms in America. Under this proposed new law, people otherwise guilty of no crime would be sentenced to five years in prison for doing something that is protected by and enshrined in the Bill of Rights. The rights listed in the Bill of Rights, as Mr. Jefferson told us, and the Declaration are given to us by God. The rights are inalienable, meaning they can't legally be taken from us. We cannot legally cede them to others. Government is not the creator of these rights and therefore has no legal right to remove them from the people. Government is, in fact, required to protect those rights, for that is the very reason that governments are instituted among men, that is, to protect our God-given rights. So to carry Mr. Jefferson's ideas one step further, we, the people, form governments because we know that power abhors a vacuum and that if we don't, someone else will. We therefore make the government weak and divided and separate the powers into separate branches. So government cannot legally become tyrannical. We tell government that its primary reason for existing is to protect our God-given rights. The nature of government, however, is to grow, to become more powerful, and to destroy the very rights it exists to protect. You may say that the people of Virginia elected this Democrat majority to their positions of lawmaker, and therefore majority rules, so they are entitled to what they voted for. However, that's not the way it works in America. This is not a majority rules government, but instead it is a Republican form of government. The president, under the Constitution, is required to guarantee to the states a Republican form of government. That term has nothing to do with political parties, but instead it refers to representative government with minority rights. Minority rights are to be respected even above the collective because no majority is empowered to deny the individual rights enshrined in the Constitution. For example, Amendment 6 grants criminal defendants the right to trial by jury. No matter what the majority says, therefore, any new, crim any new law criminalizing the right of the people to defend themselves violates the U.S. and the Virginia Constitutions and should not be enforced. The people have a duty to resist and to re rise in rebellion against such a tyrannical act by government. Governor Northam is apparently quite serious about enforcing the new law, however, because he has asked the Virginia legislature for an additional $250,000 to fund the incarceration of Virginians who refuse to surrender their arms. The most alarming thing is that $4.8 million has been requested to fund an 18-member 
SWAT unit to be dedicated to the forceful confiscation confiscation of arms when necessary. I use the term arms instead of guns deliberately because I want to emphasize that the issue is not about hunting, but the basic human right of self-defense. The government in Virginia apparently does not want its citizens to be able to defend themselves against the tyranny of armed criminals and against a tyrannical government. Jefferson told us that every 20 years or so, there would have to be a rebellion as government's tendency would be to grow stronger and stronger and usurp the people's rights. In this case, rebellion means that in 91 out of Virginia's 96 counties, sanctuary measures have been passed to resist the state's new laws. Becoming a Second Amendment sanctuary means a locality will not use its law enforcement resources to prosecute the state's new gun laws. In other words, the sheriffs and other law enforcement officials are planning to refuse enforcement of the confiscation law if passed in its present form. The sheriffs have been threatened with arrest for their position, so perhaps we will see what happens when a SWAT team comes to arrest the county sheriff. Last Monday, January 20th, there was a rally at the state capitol in which 22,000 people showed up to peacefully express their support for the Second Amendment. These people and the people in the sanctuary counties and cities are trying to send the governor a peaceful message. That message might be, back off, governor. Don't push this because you're about to encroach on a very basic, very personal territory, which we will not surrender without a fight. I hope the governor of Virginia listens to them. As I said earlier, this is not a proposed ban on hunting. It's a ban on self-defense. It starts out as a ban on what the government chooses to label, quote, assault weapons, then gravitates to all semi-automatics, which is most handguns and rifles, followed inevitably by all guns, making the right of self-defense illegal is a UN mandate. Governments around the world, from local to national, are moving in that direction. Why would our own government seek to disarm us? That's a very interesting and legitimate question. I offer just a few possible explanations. You probably have many others that you can offer. For one thing, the Democrat Party is infiltrated and conquered by radicals such as AOC, Ilham Omar, as well as old-line Soviet socialists like Bernie Sanders. They are completely devoid of any concern for individual rights and private property. They care nothing for your liberty, nothing for your property, only their own. They have the globalist world system in mind, and they desire the collectivization of all rights and property. In order to achieve their objective completely, they need their opponents to be disarmed and defenseless. This party and its views have come very close and perhaps already has reached permanent majority status in America. If it is not, then it inevitably soon will because... Demographics are destiny. About 52% of the population now receives some government benefit each month, and 6% of the population works for the government directly. So that's a total of 58% obligated to the government. The ruling class has evolved to the point where it is now an entirely separate society, separate from normal people. It has its own rules. It has its own moral code. It feels no need to recognize ours.
In opposition to this group, we have Republicans who are basically nihilists, who don't believe in anything except power and money and how to get them, how to keep them. They will allow the Democrat destruction of our civilization to happen, but they would prefer that it go a little more slowly. Of course, you have a few radicals who would prefer a return to the Constitution and the rule of law. Why do we need to be armed? Why are guns so important to us that we would resist confiscation with armed force? Arms are symbolic of a free people. Free people are armed. Slaves are disarmed. It recalls images of the defeated army marching by the conquering general to stack their weapons in front of him. We also need guns to defend ourselves against armed criminals so that we are individually accountable according to RAIN, that is, the Rape, Abuse, and Incest National Network. One out of six women will be raped or have attempted rape sometimes in their lives. There are 433,648 victims of sexual assault each year in America. 90% of them are female. The most alarming statistic, to me, that is, is that there are about 130,000 actual rapes committed in America each year. Wouldn't it make sense for Governor Northam to tell the women of Virginia, look, ladies, this is terrible. I feel your pain. So arm yourselves. Train, train, train with your weapon until using it is second nature. The state of Virginia will give you a tax credit if you take a course in self-defense from a certified instructor. I cannot put a police officer beside you 24-7, but you can take responsibility for your own safety. Individual responsibility is a key to this because rapists aren't looking for a gunfight. They're looking for a victim, so don't give them one instead. Instead, Governor Northam says, I want to send all the rapists a message. Women of Virginia are fair game. Help yourselves. He seems to have the same mentality as many of the European government leaders and bureaucrats, which won't even defend their own children from rape and abuse. You ladies, just go on back to the Democrat plantation. Leave the thinking to us because, you know, we will empower women so they can overcome. People who attend rallies such as the one I just mentioned are usually referred to by the press and especially the Democrat press as racist, white supremacist, homophobic, xenophobic toothless hillbillies, and so forth. But the truth is quite different. The attendance at Virginia was apparently quite diverse. I saw interviews with several black people who had signs saying black guns matter. These people are committed to defense of their own dignity, their own person, because if they don't defend it, who will? Oh, yes, now I remember the government. The government will do it for you. The government's armed officers will be there just a little while after you're raped or murdered to clean up the mess. So just go back home, folks. Leave the thinking to us. My favorite tactic of the anti-self-defense media and government is to publish reports of incidents of gun violence in which innocent people are killed, but they ignore the incidents in which law-abiding people defend themselves with guns and thus avoid injury and death, according to the NRA, which keeps statistics on such things. There are from 500,000 to 3 million incidents of successful armed self-defense in America each year, about 40,000 firearm deaths each year. In most cases of, of self-protection, the gun is not even fired because its mere presence is enough to deter 
the attacker. I'm not advising anybody to break the law and risk arrest, but surrender or resistance is always the choice before us. I ask myself from time to time, which side will the police take? What about the National Guard? But the real question is whose side will the U.S. military be on? Will the military officers and the day-to-day troops, the common soldiers, will they obey their masters and bear their swords against their own people? If they do, all is lost. But if they don't, then we can prevail at least for a while. Virginia is a test case for the new America because it is symbolic as well as majority Democrat, at least in the lawmaking bodies, the home of Patrick Henry, Thomas Jefferson, George Washington, it was the cradle of liberty Virginia serves now as a canary in a coal mine for the rest of us. If the people of Virginia surrender their arms, others might quickly follow, like lemmings off a cliff. What can ordinary people do? First, we're all ordinary people. Self-defense cuts across all political divides, all races, all genders. In other words, We are all in this together. The faster we start to see government for what it really is, the better off we will be. The sanctuary for the Second Amendment groups are springing up across the country everywhere. Go on social media, folks. Find one in your area. Join it and participate in it. It's a start, and the growing numbers will send the correct message to the Ralph Northams of the world. Finally, folks, when you give up your arms, you're no longer free. You have become the property of the one to whom you surrendered your weapons. At least that's the way I see it. Until next time, folks, this is Daryl Castle. Thanks for listening.